0: Elections in November. Elections in November, yeah! Hi, Moody's. Welcome back to another episode of the Insert Mood Podcast. And I am your co-host, King Joy.
1: And I'm Christine Vo.
0: Last episode, we talked about old Halloween costumes. And I know we're still in the thick of ookie spooky season that is both Halloween and fall and something that got me thinking even after recording that episode was um, feeling very very nostalgic about my old costumes as well as realizing and surprising myself during the recording of our last episode with how much I love Halloween and the reasons why I love Halloween. And that brought back a lot of good old feelings that I didn't know I had. And that was very nice.
1: We love warm, nostalgic feelings. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice to look back. Uh, time heals a lot of things. Time time coats a lot of things with, with good feelings. Um, and I, I don't know how you feel about, well, this is sort of a, a leap but everything you've done in your life but i i feel like <laughs> i i feel like i'm someone who doesn't regret anything that i ever do mm-hmm. there are there are situations i've been in where you know they've been pretty unpleasant experiences but i'm i'm grateful for everything that i've ever done and experienced and like the people i've encountered along the way because it's led me to where i am right now in this yeah. moment I feel,
0: yeah. I feel like the way that you defined it is uh, this concept of like buying something and not asking for a receipt. You're like, I'm not going to (laughs) return it. I'm not going to exchange it. No, 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 no refunds. No regrets.
1: I have thirty days. No, I don't. I I have until the end of time.
0: (laughs) And if I really want to take, if I really want to bring this back for either a refund or exchange. I will talk my way through it, and you will give me said refund or exchange, sir, madam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whatever you identify. Has. Whatever you identify as. <laughs> uh. So something I've been exploring a lot of lately is is different ways of consumption and shopping. Uh, because something I love is is style and fashion. I'll always love it. I always have. But I feel like I've just become hyper aware of the ways that I've been consuming. And one of those ways, or one of the ways that I want to change how I consume, is definitely through clothing, accessories, et cetera. Um, so I've been looking at this one app called Depop, D E P O P, not sponsored. I don't know why I need to dispel that, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's called. Just in called. case
0: anyone wants to know. Yeah, right?
1: you know, if, if you're interested in looking at it yourself, but I've been looking at that app and it's been super interesting to go through and see all of this vintage clothing that people are putting up for sale. Uh, it's like It's like online thrift shopping and I love it because, you know, it just really runs the gamut. Sometimes there's super expensive things that you can find and sometimes you can find things for a great deal. And I also- Just, I'm a huge fan of the way a lot of these people in their shops style their items. So, I I think it's also a really cool style inspiration. Like, oh, wow, I never thought of styling that t shirt that way. Or, wow, it really makes things look better when you do XYZ. So, if anybody is interested in stepping up their style game, I would honestly recommend Depop. Uh, But the point I was getting to was that. Going through all these vintage items, it's so interesting to see the styles that are coming back in as cool. I mean, I don't really care if that statement ages me, but it it's just funny to see things like sparkly butterfly hair clips coming back into style, or giant jinko jeans, or (laughs) uh, yeah, just yeah. There's so many things that are so weird to see being styled in a cool way. Cause I'm like, I remember wearing that as an incredibly dorky nine-year-old. And here we are. (laughs) It feels very nostalgic. It feels very cool to see. Yeah. And it, and it, and I think it also brings to mind that yearning for a simpler time, you know, Mm -hmm. for a, because, you know, when you're nine years old, it's a, it's a vastly simpler time, um, in, in many ways. And and it also brings to mind how it's been about seven months since the start of the pandemic. And yeah. and and I think a lot of us are asking ourselves, what does that even mean? Like time is such a construct. This year, time has almost been meaningless. It's been insane. I think King and I have really been riding the waves of nostalgia. Yeah, I think. It's really interesting to think about where we even were a year ago. Yeah. And with that said, I
0: think the official insert mood for this podcast is exactly what Christine just talked about. We're riding the waves of nostalgia in this episode. Like what was happening, you know, seven months before the pandemic hit? What are we thinking about when it comes to styles that we're revisiting by way of how we're shopping or what we're seeing coming back in vogue in the fashion scene? And also looking back at when we were able to be out and about uh, trick-or-treating. Well, I'm not trick-or-treating as a 30-something-year-old man, but (laughs) why can't I? Why shouldn't I be able to? And if the pandemic, it's not if, when the pandemic ends, Yeah, I'm going to put on a costume and go trick-or-treating because I do miss that. And no one should tell me I shouldn't be able to do so.
1: (laughs) Will people turn them away at the door? Maybe.
0: Maybe. We'll just have to make Uh, our own trick-or-treat. But talking about what was happening before the pandemic and, you know, thinking about simpler times, I do think the activity that we're going to start here before deep diving into more topics around our mood riding the ways of nostalgia is we're gonna pull out our phones right now yes and take a look at what we were doing in October 2019.
1: Oh my so goodness. Okay.
0: I'm just scrolling through just to see what's catching my eye in my photo stream. And at the start of the month in 2019, which is October 2019, uh my mom actually went into surgery. <laughs> I totally forgot about this. She had a glaucoma surgery and I actually spent the first week actually being with her and cooking her food and being by her side uh, to help with her recovery. There's a video of my mom walking up some stairs, I don't know why.
1: Oh, I'm looking at October, 2019. I got my very first tattoo. (gasps) Yay! In October, 2019. If you guys don't know about it, it's a really cool geometric abstract book tattoo that also kind of looks like a sci-fi thing. I love it. Uh, it's on my wrist. It was super painful, but I, I'm i so happy that I got it. So yeah, I can't believe it's been a year since I got my first tattoo. Uh, there's videos of me eating corn.
0: <laughs> that's just the life you're living right now. Yeah,
1: that's just- um, That oh, hasn't been affected
0: by the pandemic.
1: <laughs> oh no, not at all. Nor will it ever be. There's also, oh, there's, okay. Actually, I'm eating corn while watching drag queens out at the Castro Street Fair. (laughs) That
0: sounds legit.
1: That was super fun. I remember that.
0: Oh, street fairs and festivals. I took a few pictures of some sweatshirts at Forever 21 when it was still around. (laughs) (laughs) It was the uh, old-school Romeo and Juliet, like Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio, hoodies and sweatshirts. Do I regret not buying them? Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Oh, I also have pictures of having my friends randomly over uh, playing a very, very intense game. I think it's called On the Rocks, where you pull out cards and ask friends questions about yourself. And they're deep existential questions. Like the example of the card that I drew and I took a photo of is, what's the meanest thing you've ever seen me do? And my friends had to tell me.
1: Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh gosh. So it was a truth for dare type of game that was taken to another level. And, you know, it was four friends of mine that were there and we all survived and we still talk to each other. So that's good.
1: I saved a tweet. That someone put out, and it said, and I totally see now why I saved it. It says, "You only have one life. Keep it simple. Miss someone? Call them. Love someone? Tell them. Have questions? Ask. Want something? Try. Feel hurt? Sacrifice the unborn to curse your enemies and their kin." Wow, <laughs> escalated very quickly. Um, I also I have a picture, a selfie uh, holding. $5, five ones <laughs> <Did> <laughs> in a someone spread give out fan. These? Did um, someone give you these dollars? I think this was this was at work. I think I like spun a wheel and I won $5. Oh,
0: okay, okay, okay.
1: So $5 well earned, I think. Continuing uh, to
0: scroll through, this is the second week of October in 2019. I went to a concert at the Great American Music Hall. And it was for this artist called Rue, R-U-E-L. He is an Australian singer-songwriter specializing in pop and R&B pop. And uh, I just took a look at his information on the internet and he is currently 17 years old. Oh my goodness. What was was a 30-something-year-old doing at a 17-year-old concert? Wait, I I I remember I really like going his. to this yeah I really like his music and one of the things that I found out uh, are one of the things that I found on the floor of the concert hall when the concert ended was a opened uh, tampon applicator on the floor
1: oh dear god some
0: girl lost her tampon while watching and vibing with Rue so brutal. Maybe, maybe it was my tampon I don't know <laughs> What
1: else is going on? Um <gasps> oh oh wait, I saw this. We uh, went
0: out, we went out and got some uh curry <gasps> baked rice and uh coffee. Remember the uh, off the grid food carts?
1: Yes, oh my gosh. Wait, was that the one where that random person joined our table?
0: Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> when random people could join you and you could just side-eyed them in close proximity and also have signals with your friend talking about said person. Oh, I miss that.
1: We were definitely doing that. <laughs> we were doing that. Oh, I miss off the grid. That was good. Um, I have videos of me eating shakshuka, still a fan. Uh, yeah. Sidebar, I have some frozen shakshuka in, in my freezer from Trader Joe's. You just yeah. add some eggs good stuff. Big recommend.
0: Uh, I have pictures of myself also, at our pre-pandemic, uh, I have pictures of myself at our pre-pandemic monthly drag show for the Rice Rockettes
1: at the lookout
0: where I am dressed up as Pennywise.
1: Oh my God. That was, I, I remember you posting pictures of that. That was terrifying.
0: I, I was never been, able to
1: go to the lookout. Have like, you
0: never been to the lookout? You've been to the drag shows of mine when I perform with Clutch the Pearls on Sunday. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's a more reasonable time frame for people to show up. <laughs> a Thursday late evening show. Oh, you know, when I used to show up to the office with still glitter on my face. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was a vibe. And I wouldn't sleep until five or something during show nights as well. And I would show up at nine something, uh, at the office, still maybe not have slept, if not still smelling like alcohol.
1: (laughs) Oh man. I have videos from my Dolores park birthday picnic party. That was fun. Um, All the people uh, who came got a choice of either wearing a flower crown or cat ears, which yeah, I provided. Um, and then right after that, I went like on a whim. I went to a couple of Halloween parties. See, that's a thing that's not it's harder to be spontaneous like that now. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, yeah. I went to my friend's Halloween party. He throws a Halloween party every year where the entire house like it's like multiple stories and there's outside and like a rooftop and all that. And the whole house is transformed for Halloween. Yeah. They went to that. That was super fun. And then right after it, I went to a Halloween party where each room was decorated in a different level of, or it was decorated like the different sins. So like one was wrath decorated and one, and it had a, an appropriate drink. I don't know what a wrathful drink is, but they had it. And then,
0: yeah.
1: Or there'd be like a lust room. So, stuff like that. Good stuff.
0: Also, I guess I was back at the Great American Music Hall in uh, mid October because our dear friends, Eliza uh, and Rylan, got married at that venue. So, I was there twice in a month for a concert and a wedding. And also, I have a video of ever and trying his first ever white claw oh he doesn't look happy <laughs> he doesn't look happy uh i've already signed the dotted line, so i can't divorce him <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it's okay maybe maybe it's just the specific flavors of white claws because out of the sparkling seltzers available or the hard seltzers then i don't think white claw is my favorite oh my god maybe he's also- more of a bon and viv yeah,
0: maybe he's a maybe he's a Bud Light seltzer, bitch. You know? Yeah, maybe he's a Corona
1: <laughs> seltzer. You never know.
0: Um, I also have a picture of the TV screen, and this is um, Ghost Encounters.
1: Oh my god! An episode god, of
0: Ghost Encounters, and this was not that late at night. This was at nine p.m., and I don't know why I decided to take this photo. That was definitely from an episode of Ghost Encounters. Oh my god.
1: I mean, it's very on brand brand for you. It's very on
0: brand. What other things? I have... Oh, I went to go see Parasite, the Oscar-winning Korean movie. Yes. Last year. And then I also have a random screenshot of Jessica Simpson.
1: Oh, my God. Jessica (laughs) Simpson. Bless her heart. Irresistible to me.
0: Oh, and i also bought speaking of nostalgia also very on brand i found a paula abdul forever your girl t-shirt which is oh I still my have, god i, bought. Oh I my found god. A, i found a vhs of a show called the secret life of geisha on A&E.
1: oh my goodness <laughs> oh i took some screenshots of my friends costumes because i thought they were genius so they they were really into doing like punny combination halloween costumes it's pretty clear why we're friends, uh, but like my friend Mickey did one called Lil Kim Possible, so he love it.
0: Love so it. That was really
1: good. There I'm was um, Lil Nas X Men, or like Lee Logan, so Lilo from Lilo and Stitch and Logan, yeah, yes. like from Wolverine. Um, good stuff. Good times. I
0: have also a photo of myself at a play. Remember when we used to be able to go to events like that? <laughs> it was a play called the, Ch- the Chinese Lady at the Magic Theater in San Francisco. It was a play about the first Chinese woman to ever set foot on U.S. soil in 1934. Oh, my goodness. So Now we're just
1: getting played.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also have a picture of us setting up for your birthday.
1: Oh, my gosh. Which
0: is happening this month. <laughs> but, This time last year, we were putting together your very corny, pun-filled birthday decoration around your desk. And then I also have a video of you reacting to said decoration.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, so to set the scene, um, King and a bunch of other dear friends and co-workers surprised me by decorating my desk for my birthday, and they covered it in corn paraphernalia. (laughs) So... There's there was this giant sign hanging above my desk. It's still there because we yeah. haven't been back to the office, but it said "Stay Corny." There's just like giant corn floaties like hanging from the ceiling. They yeah. taped corn all over my desk. It was pretty great.
0: <laughs> oh, I also have photos of me in multiple costumes, one being at the team offsite at the speakeasy where I was dressed like
1: Oh this. my god. Yep.
0: <laughs> Like an old school 1920s film, Vixen.
1: Which I know, I'm I getting won. Morticia Adams. Yeah,
0: Morticia Adams, I'll take it, which I won the costume contest for. And
1: I'll then be. also,
0: obviously. <laughs> will uh, also later on in the month, I also dressed up as Regina George, which we talked yep. about last episode. <laughs> I wore a lot of costumes last year. Uh, she did. Maybe that's why this year for the drag show that's happening on Thursday, october 29th uh rice rockets presents the horrors you grab your tickets at rrhorrors.eventbrite.com. and that's r horrors r r h o r r o r s <laughs> dotventbrite.com uh have i plugged that enough maybe
1: nope uh, nope
0: but for <laughs> for the show that's coming up i'm actually putting together two different solo music videos where I'm lip syncing as two different uh, characters uh, as well as one group number. So I'm doubling down on a lot of Halloween costumes, even though it's just for one drag show. So yeah, that's how I'm sort of reclaiming, (laughs) reclaiming my time that Miss Corona has taken away from me from enjoying this glorious holiday that is Halloween.
1: There's some horrors in this house. There's some horrors Maybe. in this house. <laughs> I thought you said
0: whores. I mean, whores and whores. I guess both it's are pronounced horrors. the same way. Horrors or whores, Both the same. I respond to both. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking about reclaiming my time, mm-hmm. uh, something I do not want uh, is another four years of Donald Trump. So do you remember where you were, who you were with, how you were feeling four years ago when he was elected?
1: I do remember. Um, I was at the apartment I lived in in Knob Hill and my roommates and I were standing around watching the, uh, the votes coming in and just feeling worse and worse by the minute. I remember I was talking to... Um, I was also dating someone at the time who lived in New York and he was telling me about how in Brooklyn it kind of just felt silent. Like there was this Mm. eerie silence because people were like, holy shit, this is happening. Um, We are not winning and this is really, really bad. So Yeah. yeah, I remember
0: yeah, I, I can't believe up- that was four years ago. That yeah, 16. that was just four years ago. Yeah. So I have a photo pulled up while I'm looking back at the photo stream from four years ago, election night. Everin and I are wearing hand-drawn graphic tees with "I'm with her." We like badass women, um, and it was actually during the point of the results where it was not looking that good and you can see it on our faces. Y'all look cute though. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. And it was definitely very disheartening to see. Um, yeah, And especially given the fact that Hillary won the popular vote. <laughs> but because of the way the electoral system is set up, the votes didn't come in her favor were counted. And I also remember immediately that weekend, our dear friends Sarah and Jillian, a lesbian couple of Persian and Jewish background, Mm -hmm. um, got together to get married and oh my God, this is all coming back to me now. It's all coming back. Wow. Say it. That, that was also the weekend I proposed to Everett.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Wow. Whoa! Like if you could see it in my face, it's all coming back. I think because everything felt so unsure and and wait, let me take a breath here because I'm definitely very stunned. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking back what happened 4 years ago immediately the week of that election when Donald Trump got elected, it was such a whirlwind, because his election meant that a sense of safety that I had and a sense of identity that Mm -hmm. I had was not only going to be challenged, but was going to be put at risk, right? Mm -hmm. And the sense of safety that I had was not going to be there anymore. And I had to work so much harder to reclaim my sense of identity, and not even just reclaim, to claim my sense of identity underneath a Donald Trump administration. And being at the wedding at Sarah and Jillian's wedding was so heartwarming, and was so I was so thankful that they were getting married that weekend as well, because I was like, we're here. Essentially, it was like we're here. We're queer. Get used <laughs> to it, right? And the act of participating in the same sex marriage um, and being at at their wedding really felt like sticking it to the man (laughs) that got elected. But also being at the wedding made me realize how important it was for me to be surrounded by my own tribe, by my own family. Yeah. And also by my own chosen family. And it's very important of who I choose to let in. And with all of that said, I think that realization led me to the decision to propose to Everin. Oh. And we also got engaged that weekend. So, yeah. Wow. I wasn't prepared for that realization. But <laughs> that was insert lot.
1: surprise mood.
0: Insert surprise <laughs> mood. <laughs> but hey we're talking about riding the waves of nostalgia as our insert mood or the it's mood a wave. that we have yeah it's a wave different waves so in the four years since election night 2016 i've really doubled down on being myself unapologetically and being with the people that i want to be with and surrounding myself with people that i know will have my back And that also letting those who I love, be it given or chosen family, that I also have their backs in return. Mm -hmm. Uh, Knowing the fact that it's been a very rough four years of the Donald Trump administration. Talking about nostalgia and looking back on things, I think the election of Donald Trump and the Trump administration within the four years have really taken us back (laughs) a, a good few decades by way of civil rights, by way of intelligence and reintroducing bigotry and stupidity as acceptable ways of being. And I'm not, and, and I definitely am not looking back and being nostalgic on reintroducing bigotry and racism into ways that it has kind of reared its ugly head again in the past several years and yeah i think that's something for us to sort of talk about so george floyd was not the first black person to be killed by the police under very unjust circumstances but the frequency by which black people have been at the shed end of the stick, when it comes to the criminal system, when it comes to the police, Mm -hmm. when it comes to general racism expressed by other non-Black community members in the population has just really come out of the woodwork. Like the violence and everything else has, we really just rescinded, we, we really just backtracked to the years before civil rights movement, I think. And to the point where the proud boys are getting recognized by the president in his speeches to sort of not, and for him to not even denounce their actions, but just be like, hey, they're good people. Hey, just hold on, wait your turn. Just like, you know, keep, keep still. Like the fact that he's our president in this day and age is not denouncing white supremacy. It's awful and denouncing the acts of proud boys and racist individuals in the U.S. that is creating this new wave, like neo-racism, I guess, is a word that I'm kind
1: of going out there. Yep. Like,
0: that's not nostalgia I want to get back into. No,
1: not at all. Uh, no, we want, by all means, the sparkly butterfly hair clips. We want simpler times joyful times we don't want what people think was a better time it was not a better time for a lot of people
0: correct if,
1: i i something we were kind of touching on earlier was something that we were touching on earlier was was the way that there's has been the, there's been this discourse about oh people are so sensitive now and you know you can't say anything without being canceled or whatever but but really what it is is that A lot of people who were oppressed previously now have the voice and the backing and the ability to call people out in a way that they could not before. But a lot of the shitty ways that people treated each other or treated people who they viewed as beneath them, unfortunately, you know, it was just glossed over. And so they thought it was okay. And that was the status quo. But that is the, that should not be the status quo any longer. And so as much as there are things that we yearn for, simpler times that we yearn for, there, there's a discomfort that can come with change and with new times, but that has to happen for things to be better and to be good and to create a world that we are proud to live in and a world that uplifts other people and one that is is like that for our our children and our children's children too.
0: And I love what you just said about going back into simpler times where people didn't feel like they were held accountable to what they said, or we, there weren't platforms by way of new technology like Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, that actually one opened up the dialogue to be had in a more open setting but also because of the nature by which various dialogues as well as social political topics are being discussed. When you are being stupid, you are being called out and we have access to that now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. And, and yes, I can see how other people that were in power in the past felt like they are now being more scrutinized.
1: When there's inequality, like people who are in power feel oppressed by equality i don't know yeah. if that's like the point you were getting yeah, at go for
0: it go for it yeah, yeah yeah but like you're talking about there was definitely inequality that was happening before the boom of social media but now that social media is now an available tool for the masses including mm-hmm. those that are not in power to sort of get into rooms and conversations mm-hmm. with those in power um a lot of the uh opposing viewpoints are now coming to a head to the point where those who have been in power are now being questioned and also held accountable to the injustice and bigotry that they have spewed for years. Like nothing that they have been talking about is anything new, like racism isn't new, bigotry isn't new, but the platform by which that is made visible (laughs) because of social media and through social media I think that's been very interesting.
1: So for instance, like if King and I were to be called racial Asian slurs or have people slant their eyes at us, like that was offensive twenty years ago when we were kids. But these days it's you know, it's soup I mean, it's just as bad, but we're we're living in a society that makes it more obvious that that is not okay.
0: I want to speak a little bit more about accountability. Mm -hmm. And you can look back and recognize that you have done something wrong, have said something wrong. And speaking about nostalgia and riding the waves of nostalgia, maybe this is an interesting topic for us to touch on is, Christine, how do you feel about people going back into a celebrity, a politician's old social media threads like we did just now. Yeah. Right? And digging up problematic tweets, statements, photos uh, of their past and using them as ammunition to cancel them as people and to mm. to dox them uh, yeah. and, and call them as racism bigots, even though these photos might have been, or statements might have been, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I do have very mixed feelings about that because I am a strong believer that people can and do change. I, I've certainly changed so much in the past 10 years, the past five years, the past couple of years, people, people find it within themselves to change deeply who they are all the time. And so while I do think that people should be held accountable for things that they've done, especially if they've been bigoted or hurtful or anything in the past, at the same time, I think if if people are able to apologize sincerely and also like like a real apology. If people are able to really apologize and not in a way that's like, "I'm sorry, you feel bad about this,"
0: because mm-hmm. <laughs> I've I certainly seen those. In I'm sorry situations. that you interpreted that to be offensive. That was not my intention. Yeah, I'm like mm, no, that's not an apology.
1: No, because because it's not intention. It's it's impact. Like that's mm-hmm. that's what's mm-hmm. important. I'm a I'm a big believer in that too. Is you you know you can be the Kindest, most well-meaning person in the world, but you might not understand someone's viewpoint because you just haven't been in their shoes, and that's not your fault. But it, you know, it's it's an opportunity to learn to be better. And so, I think as long as someone is, is truly sincere with their apology and has, you know, action items for how they will not do that again or how they will improve in the future if this was like a recent transgression, for instance, then yeah. I think that's all you can do is to just know that actions speak louder than words and going forward see how it is that they they behave. I think that's yeah. all. um but but I also understand it's tough because there's there's some transgressions that are like a word that you didn't know is appropriate versus like really truly hurting someone horribly. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. I got freaked out because there was a noise outside my door. There was a what? Are you
0: okay? (laughs) I was like, is your past coming back to haunt you in some way? No,
1: so my my roommate is putting up Christmas lights, I think. And then um, it like. Something fell against your door. It fell against my door. And I was like, oh
0: my God. Love it.
1: I wonder if we could, we could even keep that in maybe. Just keeping it.
0: Building off of that. Like you said, I think there are specific transgressions that are not forgivable. Yeah. (laughs) Like if you acted in malice to hurt a specific person at that time Mm -hmm. or a specific specific group of people, and it was done with intention (laughs) as well as with aggression, Mm -hmm. that's something that's not. I think that's
1: much more difficult to forgive.
0: Correct. But if there is a way for us to understand how at that point in your life,
1: you legitimately
0: just didn't know any better, and in in the present, here and now, how you're taking responsibility for your past transgressions and actionable steps to not only correct the past, but to actually learn from the past and move forward Mm -hmm. in a way that actually not only allows you to apologize for your own past or mistakes, but also allows you to move forward in a way that benefits other people uh, from that experience, from learning from that experience, from also, you know, paying retribution back to those that you might have hurt mm-hmm. in the past. I think that's very admirable. So there are different ways to look at canceled culture. I think at a certain point, I think there is such a spectacle around canceled culture mm-hmm. and jumping on the bandwagon to sort of cancel this one particular person. There have been articles and um, commentary in the past year or so, if not more, about how the rise of canceled culture is just not productive in uh, having conversations around long lasting change and giving people the space to actually learn and grow from that experience, as well as providing space for legit apologies mm-hmm. that can help move the conversation forward versus just the sensationalization of the canceled culture in and of itself has just become a little bit more toxic that actually stifles productive conversations from happening.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I think, you know, I think it's all about accountability. I think it's the accountability of yourself and making sure that you know, you know, going back to episode five, knowing your truth, right? And being able to speak to it and knowing also your wrongs and how you are able to learn from them to move forward is also something that is very powerful.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I mean, it's it's just something that's important throughout life um we have the means especially now more than ever we have the resources you know we have the whole the whole of the the world's knowledge online (laughs) there's so many ways that you can learn to be better and so many resources that can help you grow as a person Um, And I think growing as a person in a way is also a form of self-care. Like who doesn't want to become a better person? I don't know. Maybe maybe not everyone wants to be, but (laughs) I, I think that's a worthy endeavor of us all. Just like knowing that we always have something to learn, knowing that improving, let's see, how do I want to put this? Just trying every day to be a caring, thoughtful individual towards the people around you is a hugely worthy endeavor.
0: Yeah, but since we're riding the waves of nostalgia, uh, and these waves could often bring us back into very dark places, can bring us back Mm -hmm. to very heartwarming places, to bring us back to places of butterfly glitter hair clips, or four (laughs) years ago, uh, Donald Trump getting elected, and that was a very dark time in our lives. I think there are ways for us to not necessarily look to the past with the intention of reliving the past or preventing the past from happening. Mm -hmm. It's all about learning from the past in a way that helps you move forward and for you to actually live in the present with intent, with excitement, with learnings to take from (laughs) uh, and to implement to sort of move yourself forward. And I'm really excited about riding these ways of nostalgia. Maybe, you know, I'm going to go and start wearing very problematic pattern pants from the nineties. Does, <laughs> that, does that move me forward? Maybe not, but does that give you happiness? Sure. And does that hurt anyone? No, not really. <laughs> if you know you have behaviors as of the past that you have brought into your current life that is problematic to uh, not only to yourself, but to other people and you've been called out on it, take that as a call to action to enforce positive change in your life and not see that as a way of dismantling the core foundation of your being. (laughs) Like if someone actually comes to you and tells you something, that is problematic. That person most likely had to do a lot to actually (laughs) come to you with their comment or their opinion Mm -hmm. about you. And they didn't, it's not something that's done easily. And if you can see someone else challenging your viewpoint, not as something that is offensive, but something as a way to productively move you forward and for you to build upon yourself, Uh, use that as an opportunity to engage in those very complicated and uncomfortable conversations, because those uh, are the times where, going back to my friends and I, playing that very, very existential and deep game of On the Rocks, the, those conversations actually helped me understand myself a bit more. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we laughed about it. And we, we I think there was some tear shed. In, yeah, in that was surprising. Definitely. Me. That was not surprising at all. But I didn't feel like when they were telling me things about me, that, I was, that they didn't love me anymore. Yeah. Or that they yeah. were trying to change me to become a different person. When someone comes at you with a different viewpoint... Or mm-hmm. calls out something from your past, it doesn't devalue who you are in the here and now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And but what, but what you can do if you do feel like you're being devalued is to actually engage in these conversations with yourself and with the people around you in a way to help you understand how to never be that person again. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but that doesn't mean that the person that you were in the past was an evil person. It's just that, that there's a behavior or a pattern that you somehow adopted to, as a person mm-hmm. that has created very problematic issues in the past. And so how do you actually identify those triggers to learn from them, to prevent them from happening again? Because you don't want to be that person,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Um, yeah. Wow. Whoa. This this podcast. I There's it's a, a good really, one. I like this one. It's really some really great bites there. I really like it.
1: I actually, one of my favorite poems of all time actually really fits this theme super well. And I think I would like to read the first two stanzas from it. It like fits oddly well. Yeah, so I don't know how many of you listening know this, but I'm actually a huge poetry person. Like I really love poetry. I definitely have like Emily Dickinson on my bookshelf and all that kind of stuff. I love Ocean Vuong, etc. cetera. Um, but one of my favorite poems is actually by Jackie Kennedy, Jackie O, and it's called Thoughts. And the first two stanzas go like this. I love the autumn and yet I cannot say all the thoughts and things that make one feel this way. I love walking on the angry shore to watch the angry sea where summer people were before, but now there's only me. And you can, you can look up the. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I didn't know that this turned into open mic night, but I'm here for yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Um, and, and I'll read the last stanza because I really love it too. Um, it says nostalgia. That's the autumn dreaming through September Just a million lovely things I always will remember. It's a beautiful poem. She's got some good stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. As I got into my poetry mode.
0: (laughs) Wow. We're well read, y'all.
1: We're (laughs) We're college
0: educated. (laughs) (laughs) With that said, I think it is a good transition into our Closing segment that we close out with on every episode. Everybody's
1: favorite segment
0: (laughs) traveling through the medium of entertainment. So, Christine, you just shared a really great poem that helps sort of wrap up the way that we look at nostalgia and the way that we look at our old selves versus learning from our old selves to be a better person in our current selves. But since this closing segment is dealing with entertainment, I wanna ask you, what are some old school throwback pieces of music, TV, or movies that uh, really tug at your heartstrings and kind of bring a really uh, warming sense of, um, that bring a heartwarming feeling to you when you think about them or listen to them or watch them?
1: I feel like I'm always kind of riding the waves of nostalgia. I feel like this happens to a lot of eighties and nineties babies, but I'm constantly listening to music from that era. <laughs> um, I think I, I recently actually Spotify, Spotify created a time capsule playlist for me. And uh, let's look through and see what they added. Cause I haven't looked at it yet. I just saw that they put it in my Spotify list. All yeah. right, so there's some I'm Real, Ja Rule, J-Lo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, some Numb, Encore, Jay-Z, Linkin Park. Remix. Ooh. We've got some Do You Remember from Jay Sean? If you guys remember Jay Sean.
0: That is throwback. Oh, real. yeah.
1: Some, uh, some Dem Franchise Boys, Lean With It, Rock With It.
0: <laughs> and
1: oh, God <laughs> some birdman yeah this uh oh, wow this is a this is a really good curated time capsule actually. yeah. Wait, what about you King? Uh,
0: those who know me really well or some people that don't know that I am obsessed with glitter. Yes. glitter the movie
1: not the butterfly in- hair clips. not the
0: butterfly eclipse but the mariah carey starring vehicle that was unfortunately released during 9-11 and the soundtrack still hits hard the movie still hits hard i own multiple copies a regular dvd a (laughs) (laughs) blu-ray no there's just something about that movie i think i just have a deep love for mariah carey point blank but every time I watch that movie, I just feel happy. And like, I know I joke about it a lot. And my friends, including Christine here, tease me about my obsession with glitter uh, to the point where I just ordered a specialty custom-made graphic sweatshirt with Mariah Carey's character, whose name is Billy, that's printed on the sweatshirt. So I'm I'm still engaging. I'm still living like it's 2001. In that in that era of, of oh. <laughs> nope, that song was not in the movie, but good try. No, but I,
1: I I have not watched glitter. Uh so that's that's what I went with.
0: Maybe one of these days <laughs> when we are all able to get together again, I'm gonna rent out a movie theater and for my birthday, and it's gonna be glitter themed, and we're gonna watch as a group. The glitter uh, movie. on screen. I love that journey.
1: Oh my god! I have an idea. What if, what if one day we did a, a podcast whereby I'm reacting to watching glitter for the first time. Yes,
0: that's our live show.
1: That's the. That's when we start doing live podcasts. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes, I think that's good. And also, just by way of other things, not music or movies or films related, but kind of, sort of. I'm a big collector of action figures and toys, which for those who have been to my house, you would see that I have mantles upon mantles full of old school Voltrons, Power Rangers, Spice Girls dolls. And I like surrounding myself with that. And I think, you know, as much as we talked about earlier in our insert mood riding the ways of nostalgia that it's important to surround yourselves with people uh, at chosen family or given family that lift you up. I also like surrounding myself with pieces of my childhood that really provide me with a nostalgic sense of safety <laughs> and yes. enjoyment. And that's also something that I continue to do. And I buy new Action figures and toys and collectibles every week. So I'm definitely going to become one of those old Asian men that live in a house where there's only like a sliver of walkable path. Oh my God. <laughs> but like maybe they'll, it'll be tastefully displayed. I do hope I have some taste in the way that I curate and procure. My it's curated,
1: that's, that's the it key. It is curated.
0: So thanks for letting us into your ear and hopefully we've provided you with a safe space for you to explore your own nostalgia and for you to give yourself permission to also think about ways of how you can improve on being a better person, learning from your past mistakes. Because we all have had those moments of self-doubt, of <laughs> problematic behaviors, but I think that's learning from them makes us all stronger people. And so thank you for being a part of today's episode and listening.
1: That, folks, is what life is all about. That that was a, an ocean joke, a water I, joke. Wait, what? I don't know. Let's <laughs> just cut that out. Okay, let's cut that out. Um, no, no, we're not cutting that out. We're
0: keeping that in. That was... An example of a pun that didn't work. And it's just a sliver review of what I, as a co-host, deal with on a regular basis. Yes.
1: Yes. Uh, It was a boat B-O-A-T joke, um, but it didn't. selling it out doesn't make it any better. (laughs) Well, see, I'm trying to share where I'm coming from, you know. You know, learn from your mistakes. (laughs) A lot of my jokes are mistakes, but I own them. It is what it is.
0: And I love you for that. And we love (laughs) you, listeners, for joining us for today's episode. Until the next one, bye.
1: Bye. Take care, everyone.